Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken, as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Well, good morning. Everybody sounds pretty uh, uh, welcoming this morning. Uh, well, I'm Jim Del Campo, and uh, I am uh, the senior pastor here. This is a different kind of a Sunday we're going to do today. Um, I've been the senior pastor from the inception of the church, and it started. the church actually started out of my own home, and we'll be 30 years old, this church, uh, this coming March. So we're, we've, we're hitting another milestone, and it's amazing, because I was like eight years old when I started the church. And <laughs> but I just can't believe that many years have gone by during this time. And today, we're going to talk about, you know, some good news. It's a different service. We're going to talk about things God did this year and things we're going to do next year that are a little bit different. And, you know, I'm wondering, how many of you came out to the pancake breakfast yesterday morning, Santa's breakfast? We had a really good time with that. And how many, anybody go to the cruise last night? I went to the cruise also. We had a good time with that one right there. Oh, yeah, my stalker's right there and stuff like that. I'm joking. I always joke with them. Um, but, um, yeah, real, really good time. But today I wanted to take us uh, on a little bit of a journey, and uh, we're taking a break from our Light of the World series. It's our Christmas series. Next Sunday I'll pick it up again. Um, next Sunday we're going to talk about um, the sign that was given to the shepherds the night that Christ was born. Um, then we'll go to a Good Friday, uh, Christmas Eve service, sorry, at 4 o'clock. And that'll, we'll talk about uh, the reason he came to save. And then I've added a message. I've, I've put it to four weeks. After the Christmas, that is a Saturday, then Sunday the 26th, I'm going to do a message called um, something like Positioned. I haven't finalized that yet. But we're going to look at like Mary 40 days after. She goes through the purification period and then comes to the temple uh, to dedicate her child. And uh, she runs into Simeon and Anna and how all of them have been positioned specifically by their decisions in their life, and now they run into each other, and it, it's very much a, uh, it's a positive thing. And, and I'm going to try to show that in our life, guys, and you've got you to gotta understand this as you're, as, you're, as you're moving along, that you actually either make the right decisions or you make the wrong decisions, and those decisions always position you for something better or something not so good. Amen? And so you've got to make right decisions. And they're positioning themselves, and the people who are positioned there, they're all coming together, and some really cool things happen in that exchange there. So positioning of our lives is very important. But today I want to talk about some good news. Now, I, I, I don't know if you noticed, but the news is always full of bad news. Anybody notice that? And I think some people just like bad news, don't they? I, I, I'm thoroughly convinced that. Some people just love bad news. I don't like bad news. I, li I like good news. And so... Just looking at everything um, that's come by, and I'm, and I'm like, I'm older now. And so I've watched every year, and last year, had, 2020 had to be the worst of the news for me. And this year's not much better. And so it was last year I kind of told myself, I'm done with news. I'm just done with these things. It's just like, are you kidding me? I mean, you, you give me misinformation. You're not telling me the truth. You're trying to brainwash me into your thinking. And this is the only thing that's going to brainwash me. Any amens on that right there? And so you've got to make your decision. You're going to take a worldview of the culture or you're going to take a biblical worldview. It's one or the other. And this is the better worldview. And say, everybody said, amen. amen. And so 
I said, I'm, I'm done with this. And so it was just, it was so bad. It was so bad. And then in the middle of uh, some point last year, I don't remember what it was, my son Nathan, he said, Dad, there's this show. I don't know if it was on Netflix or what it was. And how many of you, you are office fans? The TV show, The Office. Raise your hand. I wonder how many office fans are here. Okay, raise your hand again so I can just see how many office fans. Okay, yeah. My, my kids, and Michael's the best on that show, isn't he? Because it's all about him, right? You know, my kids tell me that I remind them of Michael. I go, that's not even funny. I mean, what are you doing here, man? That's not right. Well, the guy on that show, John Krasinski, who um, plays Jim Halpert, he, my son said, he has this show, like on and you, the app for it, you watch it, and it's called Some Good News. And it cost all of about, I, I think it took, took him about $10 an episode to put it together. And he's a millionaire, right? But he shot it out of his home, and the whole show was nothing but good news. And I, was, I liked it so much, I watched the next one, and the next one, and the next one, because it was so great. We got some good news going on here. And I, th- I think, as my guess, because I don't know him personally, but I think he did it just to combat a culture that just seems to thrive on nothing but bad news, Right? And so today, I want to give us good news because how many of you like to hear good news? I do. I like good news. I think as a church, we like to hear good news. I, I, I think as a country, I think people like good news. And so we want to do some good news. And by the way, you're a Christian and the gospel is called the? It's the good news. So we should be people of good news. So I want to give you some good news today. We're gonna, here's what we're going to do. We're going to turn to Numbers 13 in your Old Testament. I'm going to read verses 25 to 32. I'm going to comment, so I give you some Bible study there. Then I'm going to leapfrog from something in there. And we're going to look at the great things that God did here through our church, through all of us, this year. And then I'm going to point you to some things we're going to do next year. And we're going to have a really, really good time as I drive it home at the end. Sound like a plan? Okay, good. I'm glad you're on board. So, Numbers chapter 13. And I'm going to do some commentary as I go along because I, I like commentary. Uh, verse 25 says this and by the way they've already left uh, Egypt they've been delivered Passover and they left and you know somewhere in in the vicinity of about a year and a half they've been traveling through the desert to get to the promised land and now they're at this spot about a year and a half in that desert where they're going to send 12 spies out to spy the land And those spies, they go out and spy the land, and now they're coming back, and they're going to give a report of what they see and what the possibilities are. So that's where we pick up this story, and now here we go, verse 25. When they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, say 40. It's a very important number in this passage. They proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation. There's like two, two and a half million people, guys. All the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So now they've come back. They're reporting on the land with words and evidence of what the land consists of. Now, verse 27. Thus they told him and said, We went into the land where you sent us, 
and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Here's the evidence. Look how good this stuff looks. But then they said, nevertheless, it'd be like, but the people who live in the land, they're strong. And the cities, they're fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Hmm. Anak, they're part of what's called the Nephilim. They're the giants. We first read them in Genesis chapter 6, these giants of the land. And I don't have time to get into the whole story there. Some of you know what that's about. Some of you don't, but read up on your own at another time. So we saw Anak there. Amalek is living in the land of the Negev, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites are living in the hill country, and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. So they've encompassed the whole area of Israel. Then Caleb, he's one of the 12 spies that went to spy out the land, quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we shall surely overcome it. Verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him, that's 10 of the 12, these guys, but the men who had gone up with him, here's what they say. We're not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. Now, let's think about this whole exchange before I extract the one thing I want to use to jump off and do what we're going to do today. They, get, they see the land. It's full of milk and honey. There's abundance. It's everything you'd ever want in this land. They've traveled about a year and a half to get there, and now they send in the spies. Joshua and Caleb are part of the 12. They're the two positives. There's 10 negative guys in the group. And they see it all, and they say, this really is. Now, this is an intelligence trip to see what it's like. What are the enemies like? Is this land? Where's all the good stuff? They're going in there. They come back, and 10 of the 12 say, it's a great land, and here's the evidence. But... There's no way we can take this land. There's no way we can overcome or overpower the people of that land. Now, I want you to think about this. What happens in the mind of a Christian or a follower of God, in this case, what happens? I mean, these people, they were in Egypt. Did they see the 10 miracles of God? Yes. Did they see God part the Red Sea? Yes. Did they see God rain manna down from heaven? Yes. Did they see the water come from the rock? Yes. They saw all these things, and then they get to this land, and they see these guys in there, and they say, there's no way we can take that. After all that, after all these things, isn't it amazing how fear can just foil faith in a moment of time? Isn't it amazing that we can be so faith-filled and so confident, and then one little trickle of fear we allow into our minds, and it changes everything. Has anybody ever noticed that? It's incredible to me watching this. And so they come back, and they give this bad report. Now, they're telling the bad report. They're saying, we can't do it. 
But they're telling it to two to two and a half million people. And these two and a half million people, all of a sudden, they start to cry. Chapter 14, we're not going there. And they say, we can't, oh man, you brought us out here to kill us, to destroy us. Now, for the sake of some of you, how many of you are in some kind of leader, leadership position at work and life somewhere? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I, I want to raise them high. I want to know who I'm talking to. Okay. Let me talk with you for a second. Because I'm a leader too. And you need to know what I'm going to tell you. Some of you already know this. In life, there, and they've done scientific studies on this, there are people who are called never or late embracers. In other words, when there's a direction and there's a new way you're going to go or some change of decision through your company or whatever, there are never embracers who will never say, sounds like a great idea, let's do it. They'll never do that. They will complain, they will criticize, they will say, oh, it's a terrible idea. And not only are there never embracers, there are late embracers. The late embracers, they're the ones who say, well, I'll wait and see if this really works before I give my okay to it. Now, let me tell you something about that. It doesn't make them wrong or bad. It just makes them who they are. That's just the way they view life. But if you're a leader in a leadership position, can you really listen to, the, to the, the, the squeaky wheel? You can't. Because if you listen to them, they're going to either keep you right where you're at or they're going to take you back to where you don't want to go. Amen? And so you have to stay strong. If you believe this is what God is telling you and you know it's the right thing, you've got to stay strong in your decision and go with that decision. And some of you who are in leadership right now, you know that you've had to make some hard calls and you got a big pushback from some people. Any amens on that? And they didn't like it. They didn't like it at all. But you know as a leader that you can't back off because if you let the squeaky wheel run the organization and run your life, you will never get to where you need to go. I have had to do that so many times in my life to be able to get where we need to go in this church or even in my personal life. You've got to do those things. There are 10 people here that are influencing negatively two and a half million. They've crossed the desert a year and a half. They're at the promise line and they say we can't do it. And guys, guess what? Two million people say, oh no, we can't do it. Let's go back. You brought us out to die. Question, how many days were they spying out the land? What was the number I told you to say? What? 40. At this moment in time, about a year and a half after they leave Egypt, they could have gone in the promised land. But they don't go in. Because of all this, God says, you know what? Then what I'm going to do now is, you're going to wander for 40 years in this desert. And every one of you who is age 20 and older, in that time, you will have to die off. And everyone under 20, you're the ones who will grow up and you're the ones who are going to go into the promised land. Because we've got to eliminate those who cannot believe or don't believe that we can go take that land. And we need the ones who are of strong faith that can go in there and take that land. Isn't that wild? So 40 days of spying out the land turn into 40 years of wandering in the desert. 
They will actually wander 38 more years from this moment, but they've already been in the desert about a year and a half, so there's where you get about 40 years right there because they just can't believe it. And in our life, you've got to understand, there are times you're going to get pushback, and if you listen to the squeaky wheel, you will spend years spinning your wheels, and you will never get to where you need to get to or where you thought you should get to, and you'll lie there on your bed one day near the end of your life saying, why did I listen to that, and why do this? So I have my big question. Who is allowed to get into your thinking? Who do you allow? Who is it? If this is what you should allow in and people who line up with this stuff right here. Amen to that one? Otherwise, you're going to go down these wrong roads. Now, they, they listen to bad news. And because they listen to bad news, they get stuck. And we never want to get stuck. So I thought, you know, let's give some good news today. And I'm going to talk about this year, push us to next year. And I can only scratch the surface. That's all I can do. I, I can't give you everything. There's so much. To, I had to eliminate down to these few things. And that's all I can share with you. But they're really good things. Are you ready? No, no. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. In 2021, these are the highlights from this year. First off, did you know that you're tithing? We financially support 14 missionaries every month from the giving at this church. Did you know that? Praise the Lord. Amen? Now, let me highlight one. Whenever you walk in these doors, there's a big banner above you. It's still, we've got to add a couple more names in there. It doesn't have them all. But those are all the missionaries and where the locations are throughout the world. Let me highlight one. Emily Martin. I don't know if you're watching this service or last service, Emily, but, you know, let me highlight her. She is part of Children's Corrective Surgery Society. Here's what they do. And they just did this, I think, last weekend. Again, in uh, Calexico, Mexico. They cross the border here, southern border, into Mexico from California. They take doctors, dentists, therapists, and here's what they do. They perform surgeries for cleft lift and cleft palates. They reconstruct ears, hands, and feet. They do dental work. They do eye surgeries. They do prosthetics for children. They do speech therapies. And they bring medicine. Is that amazing or what? Your giving goes to that. You don't even realize who you're affecting and who you're reaching. We have one of our missionaries. I cannot tell you what country this person is in because if they found out, she could be, her life could be in danger. But she's reaching these people. Your money goes to supporting this person to reach this people group. Did you know that? You got to think about, we have, a, we're for, we have a, a worldwide reach within our missions uh, giving here. Now, next slide, please. Remember Corn Life Services? We took the offering. Did you know our church, you guys, we all gave $20,000 to Corn Life Services to save babies in the womb? Did you know that? I waited till now to tell you. That was just above and beyond everything else we do. And then, move forward, we started this grocery ministry, you know, the once a month grocery ministry? You know that one? Say amen, you know that one, right? Okay, come on, you gotta help me out here. This year, which we started, I think, somewhere in February, March, we've given out 2,715 grocery bags to homes and households to help people make it in this life. Amen? Now, 
And all you volunteers, I watch you on Thursdays, you come in, you pack everything in the bags, you get it all ready, and then Sunday morning, you take it out there, and you're passing it to people to take for themselves, or to take and give to somebody that they know that needs it, and they can minister the gospel there. Thank you, all you volunteers, we cannot do it without you, amen? Now, speaking of volunteers, next slide. This year, we added one, no, 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 back up, back up, back up. We added 110 new volunteers of people serving in our church. This is your now. Okay, you may say, okay, 110. That's to the existing amount. But let me tell you why that's important. Because during the pandemic, we lost a lot of volunteers. They didn't come back and serve. And how many know that church is like an all-serving organization? And so many people, thank you so much for jumping in and you're serving. Thank you all of you who were volunteers before and you came back after the pandemic and you're serving. Thank you, because we could not operate without you. But let me tell you, let me point out some servants that you will never see, especially you at 1030 service. I, I pull in the parking lot about 725, 730 on Sunday mornings. And there's eight people, these certain eight people, and they're walking around the campus. And you don't see them, but God sees them. You know what they're doing? They're picking up trash. They're picking up trash all over, all over the campus. So that when you and I walk on this campus, everything's clean, and there's no trash. And no one ever sees them, and no one knows they're out there, but they're out there, and they're doing it. And God sees them. That's a servant, isn't it? I mean, going out there, picking up trash, it's like, thank, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Now, next thing, please, Ab Church. It's our church plant in Riverside. They, they did this thing where uh, Royal Family Kids Camp, the foster kids, uh, they were part of putting on a trunk and treat uh, about a week before Halloween for all the foster kids. They're part of the whole big thing out there. They did that. And they went out and did that, our Ab Church did that. And, and I hear this all the time, year after year, whatever New Beginnings people do. Here's the report that came back about our church and the people from our church. They said they, the, they were so impressed with the New Beginnings people. And for me as a pastor, that's like, yeah, baby. Yeah, because we have great servants in this church. Amen? Praise the Lord for that one right there. And we got to bless foster kids. And then Operation Christmas Child. You know, as a, as a congregation, we gave 301 boxes were donated. Now, before you, you know, whatever that, these go to third world countries. They're filled with all kinds of goodies to kids who will never get a Christmas except that box comes to them. It's through... Franklin Graham's organization he's the son of Billy Graham his organization and it goes out to these kids and this gospel is shared with these children in third world countries now this last um, it was Tuesday night this is the second year I got to do it I went out and some of you did too went out to the big warehouse out in Fullerton and we spent five hours there making sure all the boxes, we have to check all the boxes, make sure they have enough stuffing in them and we put extra stuff if they're not in there and you're just moving and moving and moving them. And that night, we were putting them together, making sure for Madagascar, that island off the African coast, to make sure these, these things get to those people. And we sent out, as a group of churches, 301 boxes to these kids among the many thousands that go out. Now, with that said, it blessed children. But now some of you feel bad, don't you? Because you had an opportunity. You had an opportunity to bless a kid. 
Because we're blessed to be a... Say it louder. We're blessed to be a... Blessing. We had an opportunity to do that. Next year, don't miss your opportunity to give to these things. Now, let me do the next one. And I call this the mad rush. It was a mad rush for foster kid gift tags. That was last Sunday. They got to be back by this Sunday. Now, I said, and I just mentioned, you know, go get the gift tags, get gift cards for foster kids out in the lobby area. And then, you know what they told me after service? They said, Jim, what did you say to those people? I just said, go get the gift tags. You know, I didn't say anything else. I, I threatened a few, but no, I didn't do that. But, um... They said it was such a mad rush that people were trying to get those gift tags. It was almost like, how many remember 1982, 83 and Cabbage Patch Kids? Remember those days? How many remember that? You, did, you lived that. We lived through it too. We still, were still alive. We made it, okay? But man, that was crazy back in those days. Well, they, they said it was like crazy. People, why there was fist fights in the lobby? Or thing. No, there was no fist fights. We're all Christians here. But man, you guys took those those things as fast as you could and you're bringing them back next week these these gift cards now you still have a chance to do more of that i'll tell you about that in the end now next one please clark terrace senior apartments we sent 90 thanksgiving meals and now we sent 90 christmas stockings filled with gifts to the seniors at clark terrace right here off off hamner avenue and praise the lord for that one right there amen that we get to help these people and then, next, we have the Zacatecas Christmas Drive. Now, we have four campuses, in case you're newer. We have the Snorkel Campus. We have Harupa Campus. We have the Ave that we planted in April or May, May I think. And we have a, a campus in Zacatecas, Mexico. We've had that one for about, I want to guess, maybe 14 years now, something like that. We Actually, we built the facility over there. Now, there was a mound of gifts you guys brought in. So many gifts. I didn't have, we didn't have time to really get a total on that whatsoever. But let me tell you. Our church in Zacatecas, I can't go visit it. They might kidnap me. It's a very dangerous place. And hold me for ransom. And I know my wife won't give up the money to get me back. <laughs> She'll say, don't worry, he has a life insurance policy. And, and I'll see him in heaven. You do believe that, right, Jim? But that, that, that place is very dangerous. And do you know our church down there? It's primarily a church to children. They minister to the children. I think that's great. You know why? Because that place is so godless and so dangerous, that generation can rise up and change that whole area. And that's important, isn't it? And you guys, we sent gifts down there to bless these kids in that community. And that's a great, great thing. We're blessed to be a, a blessing. That's good news. Now, and then the next thing is, uh, we, we began a seniors fellowship, right? First service was all happy about that. You guys are not so happy. Okay. Now, and that, and, and, and it's really great. Now, 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 let me tell you, I've even been to a few, and I'm only like 49, but I've been to a few of these things. So, okay, it, it's, it's a really... a people, they love this thing. It's a great piece of what we're doing now. Can I, can I just segue and tell you, how many know I'm kind of a smart mouth? Have you figured that out by now? Oh, you don't have to wave, bro. You could have just gone like that, okay? Wow, okay, so I, I'm, and I'm kind of competitive and if I beat you in anything, a sport or anything, or a game, whatever, I'm going to rub it in your face because it's just fun and don't, don't take offense to it because 
it's just fun. And so I remember I came out, and this is just, I came out for one of the events here. They were doing bingo. And they had prizes. I thought, prizes? So I came out, and I jumped in one bingo game. And Erin and Adame, she runs the, the seniors' uh, ministry. She's doing a great job in seniors' ministry. And so I sat down, and I got a card. You need to know that Aaron, Pastor Aaron, does not want me to win anything. <laughs> she will try to sabotage my victories. She, I sit down, she starts calling the numbers. B, whatever, I go. Every number she called, I had. And, she, and every time she said, B19, I go, B19! And she started looking panicked. Because she don't want me to win. And then finally, she called the last number, and it was like, bingo! And I stood up, and she was so mad. I went and got my gift. You know, pastor's angry. But I went and got my gift, and I walked, and then I said to all the seniors there that day, because this is my sarcastic part, rub it in your face. I go, hey, I want to thank all you seniors for coming out, bringing your Medicaid cards, and uh, coming out to my victory party. I'll see you guys later, okay? <laughs> and I walked back in my office. It was the greatest day of my entire life, all right? I just had so much fun. But, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, a lot of good things in that area. And let me tell you, let me sidebar segue and come back. Um, one thing I couldn't put in here, you know, anybody know Pastor Eric Disney? He, he's done so many, he does so many things. There's so many things that most of you never see. You never see what he does. All the personal growth classes, all the self-help classes, all the counseling, all the things that go on back there year-round. And you know what? He's in charge of all of it, and he sees his things. And you know what? If you see Pastor Eric, tell him, great job. Great job. And if you ever want to give him a gift card to Chili, say, here's to Chili, but this is for Pastor Jim. Could you give it to him? No, I'm just joking. But anyway, he does a great job. Now, I want to move on now. And this is just scratching the surface. In 2021, we had to update our home, our church here. Now, first one. Has anybody noticed the update in the lobby? Did you guys notice that? you like that one? Now, just so you know, don't ever tell me, oh, Jim, this color, should have done that. I'm in charge of none of that. You don't want me in charge of any of that. I'm the guy that won't change anything. I'm too cheap. I won't spend money, okay? I'll leave it the way it is. If you ever come into my office, I have this chair that I sit in that I really like, and it's so ripped up. The staff says, get a new chair, get a new chair. I go, no. I said, there's black tape on stage. And I just keep getting black tape and taping it, and it's due for another tape job right now. It's so, it's so bad. It's so bad. And I, how many of you know like that? You, you keep stuff forever. Come on. Husbands, give me a break. Your t-shirts and underwear, you hold on to it forever. So quit acting, okay? Quit acting like, oh, I would never do that. Really? Let's see, your, let's see the band on your underwear, huh? The, there's not even an H on Hanes anymore. Oh, you wear Hanes? Oh, you wear Root of the Loop, don't you? not even in my notes uh. so let me tell you about updating the house of God if you ever want to go back and read it in Haggai Old Testament small little letter chapter 1 God chastises the people of God because the house of God is falling apart and they're building their own personal mansions nothing wrong with building your own personal mansions but don't forget the house of God don't forget that because God in that chapter if you read the chapter he says you're going to bring money into your pockets and I'm going to blow it away because I'm going to put holes in your pockets because you're not taking care of the house of God. And you've got to take care of the house of God. Now, besides the lobby, 
What we did this year next was this. We uh, painted the entire exterior of both buildings here on campus. All of it. Looks really cool, doesn't it? Did you even notice we did that? It looks really good. I like it. It was just due. We needed to do it. Also, we put that new sign on the side over here. You guys notice the big sign on your beginnings? How many noticed that big sign? We put that in this year also. That's a beautiful new sign. And then it gets even bigger than that. In our Haruba campus on Limonite Avenue, we put in a brand new parking lot. We, had, we ripped out the old parking lot, put in a brand new cement, beautiful parking lot on that location. And that was not cheap, okay? Now, let me say something about, uh, about this before I get in there. Hold off on the next thing. <clears throat> Is that where I'm at? Yeah. We painted during the pandemic. Let me go back to 2020. When everything was shutting down, everything shut. We put in new carpeting. Anybody notice when we put the new carpeting when you came back? Yeah, it's got some stains in it now, too. <laughs> That's fine. We put in squares so we could pull them out and put new ones in. That was that wasn't my idea, but it's smart. You guys notice the bars at the children's department back there to protect our kids? Anybody notice those? That's to protect our kids. We put those in last year. We slurried the parking lot. Anybody knows what that costs? <laughs> Every five years, or else it begins to crumble because water gets in, it can freeze, it can start to mess your parking lot. You have to do it. That was last year. This year, we paint the exterior of the building. That's expensive. We do the lobby. That's expensive. We put that sign in. That's really expensive. And guess what? This is what's amazing about New Beginnings people. It was in the pandemic. When churches are worried about money, are we going to make it? You guys just kept tithing. We weren't even meeting, and you kept tithing. Those of you at home that you have underlying issues, and I know you're scared to come back. It's nerve I get it. You kept tithing. You just kept giving. Do you know that our giving never went down? Let me tell you what's amazing about that. Since we've come back, it's been about a year now since we're open, and we'll never close again. Because once I started to think, wait a minute here, why does Costco and Walmart and Sam's Club and Home Depot, he works for Home Depot, he's high in management, so I'm going to talk to that man. But why do they get to stay open? Why does Vaughn's get to stay open? It's because it was a satanic thing, guys. I don't believe in the devil. Well, then that's whatever. It's satanic. They're trying to shut down the churches. It's satanic. And they leave everything else open. And I will never do that again. Ever. We're never going to do that again. I'm just not going to do it. And I've told you before, do not fight over, did you get your vaccination? Did you not? If somebody wants it, they want it. If they don't, they don't. Just stop it, okay? Somebody wants to wear a mask, let them wear a mask. They don't want to wear a mask, wear a mask. See, what they're doing in America is taking away your freedoms. But Americans are, we're geared for freedom. We don't like this stuff. I don't like it. But don't sit there and try to tell somebody how to run their life. That's not your business. Let them run their life. Let them make the decision for their life. Now, all this happened, and our giving never went, our giving went up. It actually went up during this time. And I'm like, God, you really are real. I've been saved 40 years at the time. Are you real? It's incredible. You know that some people, I'm not kidding. Besides mailing in, because they didn't know how to do online, they'd mail in their checks or tithes, and then people would come to the door and we're shut down because there's a few of us at the office, and they'd slip their tithe through the door. Every week they're slipping their tithe through the door. 
Is that incredible or what? That's just an incredible thing. Now, let me, let me tell you one of the... This, no, no, back up, guys. That's not the one I want. The next one the, about Harupa, not that one. Yes. It happened. It came up. We bought at a Harupa campus. There's a piece of property next to it. It came. We just bought it. We just bought it, okay? Now, let me tell you why that's important. It's in, it's in Esco right now. We bought it for $300,000. Because this piece of property had an easement through our parking lot over there. And there's nothing we could do about it. And it was always a problem. And now, it's not a problem. God put it in our lap. We bought it. It's ours. There's an old condemned house there. We have to tear it all down, take everything out. So that's going to probably cost another 20 grand to get rid of all that. But it gives us more space there and more room there. And by the way, in case you didn't know this, that group of property... It was part of the Assemblies of God minister. The Assemblies of God, when, when a mother church takes over a piece of property, every year that we're there and paying all the bills, we get 20% of it, 20% of it, ownership. Well, in May, we hit five years. So it's all ours. It belongs to us. New beginnings. And now we have the adjacent piece of property next to it. So God is doing some great things. Amen? I mean, this is incredible to me going on. Now, let me, can I back up a second? I forgot to say this. There's a lot of things I forgot to say. But when I started the church back in um, 1992, out of my home, never in my wildest dreams, and this is God, never in my wildest dreams could I have ever envisioned a, a, a Norco campus, a Harupa campus, a NAV church plant, a Zacatecos church plant, and then who knows how many more in the future. I could have never envisioned this. My mind didn't think like that. My mind was just start the church, and that's it. And then why? And then God's been doing these things, and it's just been incredible. Now, let me let me just give you a sidebar on a few things right now. Our Harupa campus, when Pastor John Hensley went in there, he went in the next week. Everything shut down in the pandemic. That's a bad situation. But then we opened up again. Everything. Do you know our Harupa campus? This year, just this year, our English-speaking part of it, our, the 10 o'clock service there, their tithing has gone up 150%. Isn't that incredible? That's incredible. Our Spanish church over there, which means at two, I believe, their tithing has gone up this year 175%. So it's like, God, I mean, you're doing stuff, man. You're doing some, some great things. Now, let me tell you something. Maybe you saw or you didn't see or you didn't understand or you don't understand. Uh, it was um, March, early March of 2020. We, we brought on Charlie Bacar. How many know Charlie Bacar? Okay, Charlie Bacar, okay. He's our operations pastor. now, And what that means is he's the one that runs the church. I don't anymore. Thank God. I'm not organizational. I'm not administrative. He is. I'm not even shepherdy. He is. I'm more John the Baptist. If you know me, you know that. Um, but he started shifting things around. He's the one who moved Aaron, Pastor Aaron, into the communities department, and that thing exploded. All the, a lot of things I've said are a part of her ministry. I, outreach into the community, and I only shared a few. It's incredible, and I love that, that we get to bless the community. Amen? Because we're blessed to be a blessing. 
And then we, he moved Desiree into the children's pastor. She's, she's killing it. She's doing so good. And he's shifted all these things and moved Charlie Headley into, into Generations Pastor, Roberts into Student Ministries, and, all the, and it's like, oh my God. And he takes care of everybody. And it's like, he's got that pastoral gift to be able to do that. I don't have that gift. I'm a teacher, preacher, and a decent counselor. Most people I leave face down in a pool of blood after I counsel them. And I think it went fine. But, you know, they think, he hurt my feelings, you know. Um, but, uh, but that's what I do. That's what I do best. And I'm not good at the other stuff. Never have been. Probably, I probably hurt the church for years trying to function in those roles. And I couldn't, I'm not good at it. So thank God for, for Charlie Bacar and all the movement that he made and what he's done so far. And I mean, it's, it's just incredible. Now, this is just a partial list. Back to number 13. You have to go there. When they said, we can't take the land, Caleb says, and I love Caleb, he says, we should all, by all means go up, take possession of it, for we shall overcome it. Now, when he says overcome, he understands there's a battle ahead, multiple battles, right? Anytime you're going to do anything in your life, listen closely, somebody, because you're falling into a trend you don't want to fall into. Understand, there will be roadblocks, will there not? There are natural blocks or quitting points where it's very easy for you to quit, right? There's blocks right there. And he knows there's going to be blocks, there's going to be fights. You have to battle through those roadblocks or natural quitting points so you can see your best future. Amen to that one? Let me tell you about life. And, and some of you can tell that I go to the gym workout. It's obvious. Amen. Okay. <laughs> It used to be obvious like 30 years ago. But anyway. But so how many go to the gym workout? Okay. Five of you. Wow. We're an in-shape congregation. Okay. No. no. But if you... <laughs> oh, I could take off on that. But I won't. Um, but you know as you lift that you hurt, you hit certain spots where I can't lift anymore. You know that, Right? Those are like these, these spots where you get stuck. But you know if you keep at it and keep at it, weeks, a little bit of weeks in the future or a month, then you break past that spot, right? And all of a sudden there's breakthrough and you can lift more. How many know that? That's true in life. That's true in the spirit. You keep at it. You keep at it. Young people, listen to me. There are natural blocks in life quitting points. We have an enemy. We have a devil. He wants to stop you from your best life. But you've got to blast through it. You've got to blast through it so you can see the best for your life. And don't let anybody take you to the right or to the left. You've got to go for it. And you've got to trust God. Any amens on that? Amen. amen. Okay, I'm good. A few of you. Now, now, here we go. In 2022, what are we going to do? That's a rhyme. I'm a rapper now, okay? Here we go. First thing is we're going to put in a new sound system and cameras. We've got to do it. Now let me tell you what's going to happen. Because we have great people like Peter at the soundboard, Michael, our band leader, um, John Escada, who oversees the Sunday services and everything in it. They, and our deacons are really good at saying, we've got to stay ahead of the game so equipment doesn't just break on us and then you know, we're stuck. They stay ahead of the game. So our equipment's kind of getting older. But it's still decent and good. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the cameras... And we're going to send them to Harupa. Because the cameras, guys, cameras are like four grand, guys. 
you, and we're going to help them so Harupa has a, a much better look of their online presence to reach more people. We're going to get new cameras here, and so we can enhance it here because not only for our online presence, but also to do other things. So it's, gonna, it's a win all the way around the, around the board. Now, <clears throat> we're also going to get new speakers because these speakers are on the floor. Maybe you can't see them. They're like straight up and down. And you know when the, when the music's cranking, if you're sitting on the front rows, it's like blowing your face off your body, right? You know, if you wear a toupee, we've seen toupees fly up. It's, it's scary. It's just... <laughs> It's terrifying. <laughs> but, um, and by the way, don't listen to Pastor Eric when he says, have you checked Jim's toupee? I don't wear a toupee, okay? <laughs> it's real. It's real, okay? And I don't dye it either. Come up, I have like about 50 gray hairs, so it, it's there, it's coming in. And you guys gave me the gray hairs, by the, but anyway, that's another story. So what we're gonna do is, we're gonna get speaker system where it hangs from the top. So that way it doesn't blow you away and it gets a better distribution of sound in the sanctuary. Amen? Now, yeah, thank you for the clap. And then the soundboard, um, and by the way, the soundboard's going to go to Harupa also. It's, it's a digital soundboard. We've had it about 13, 14 years. Um, don't think of a church soundboard as a home stereo. Those soundboards cost anywhere from fifty dollars to $80,000. Just so you understand. They're not cheap, and they're very technical. And that's why we never let anyone outside of church on our systems, because they'll mess it up, and just too expensive. So we're going to change all those things up. God did these things the last couple of years. Do it again, amen? And then next slide, please. Um, Pastor Michael says we're going to have some quarterly night worship services in here. So we're going to come together, and we're going to worship. She's going to worship God and put God in His right place as the king of our life, right? And then we're going to bring back our marriage retreats to enhance marriages. So we're going to do overnight marriage retreat and have a good time with that. I know Pastor Eric, and I know I'm going to be with you on that one right there. We're going to put that in there because we want to help marriages grow. And if you have a great marriage, you can make it a little greater, you know. And then life groups. Life groups. There's going to be a few tweaks and changes in there. Now, let me tell you what they are. <clears throat> um, from now on, there will be training for leaders in life groups. Okay. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Mona. Uh, I'll bring you lemons just for that. Yeah, okay. We will promote life groups online, but only if those groups are approved by our leadership here. Not anybody can just say, hey, I don't have a life group. Could you? No, I'm sorry. We want to know what's going on in your life group. We want to make sure the right thing is going on in those life groups. In your life groups, if you guys can decide when you break. If you want to go 50, 52 weeks, you can do that. I will type out the discussion questions every week. I'll keep pumping those things out. You can say, say as long as you want. Or when you break, you can decide when you break. There's no set season. This time. We're just going to make it you know, how you guys best operate for yourselves. And so we're going to do it that way. And then there's going to be, obviously, discussion and primarily for caring and praying for people in your group. But you'll have biblical discussion. Obviously, that's what you do. Now, the tough thing for most, not all, of our life group leaders is answering theological questions, is it not? And so here's what we're going to do. Um, uh, put it up on the screen, and I'll explain why. It is. We're going to go and bring back a midweek, in-person, verse-by-verse Bible study. I will teach verse-by-verse. Verse. Now... now let me explain that, because some of you have never seen me in that setting. 
Right now, I teach, I, I teach every week, and it goes on Facebook, and it goes on YouTube. Every week, I do a, a study. And the last six weeks, I've done a topical, but I, I, I obviously do verse by verse all the time. That ends now. Don't look for one this Wednesday. Th- those are done now. Because this will take its place starting in late January. It will be in here, I believe it's going to be on Tuesday nights. You cannot bring your children in here. Do not bring kids in here at all. I'm going to, I'm going to have we're going to people that you can't bring them in. Because we're going to record this, the teaching. It's just a Bible study. It's not a service like, we're going to have all kinds of work. No, it's a Bible study. You're going to learn. And they're going to record it. And from there, it'll be put on YouTube and Facebook the next day. But if you want to be here live for it, it's going to be here live. And I'll be teaching. Now, I'm weighing out. First, I thought, I'll teach the Old Testament book of Daniel. And then I kind of thought, well, maybe I'll teach out of Luke. And now I'm thinking, well, maybe I'll teach out of Acts. So I'm not sure which book I'm going to start with. So be praying that I kind of figure out what I'm supposed to do right there. But it was... It was like Charlie Bacar and Dylan, my son, they said, you know, you probably need to go that, and here's why, back to that, because there's too many Christians who are biblically illiterate. We don't know our Bibles. We don't know much about our Bibles. We're terrified to be asked a question. And that shouldn't be. We should be able to answer questions. We should be able to know some things. And it's my passion that people learn their Bible. Learn their Bible. And so, we're going to start that again. And there'll be a few other details as we go along that I'll share with you, but that's late January. Now, life group leaders, there'll be less pressure on you for theological answers, question answers, because it'll be happening right here. So, any questions on that? No? Good. We'll move on. All right. I'm going to finish now. I'm going to finish with this. I just want to say, all of you who came back after the pandemic and served, thank you. All of you who jumped into serving for the first time here after the pandemic, thank you. Because we, we couldn't do it without you. That was one of the most nerve-wracking things. How can we start again? We can't get people to serve. We can't get them to come back. I also want to say those of you who tithed through the whole thing and you still tithe, thank you. That just shows maturity. That shows spiritual maturity and it shows that you believe in this place. Thank you. Because that's a lot of pressure. Because you're wondering when it happened, are we going to make it? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? So I just want to say thank you. Now, a few things. Ab Church that we opened in April. We only opened, but we never launched. And there's a difference between the two. I've shared this before. When I started... New Beginnings, and we started at Auburndale School, setting up and tearing down in 1992. We launched. We flooded the community with direct mail, new church here, here's what to expect, everything. And it brought in quite a few people, people looking for a new church. We never did that with that. We can't do that with that. Because if you've ever been there, it's a, the, the, the room is about as big as this square. It's really little. There's no place to bring people to. It's too little. And so we need to find some place that we can rent on Sunday mornings in that Tyler area, Tyler Mall area, that's where he wants to be at, where we can do the launch. Because right now we can't. It's just, it's, it, you can't. And so we've been looking, looking, can't find anything. 
In a pandemic, they won't let you use certain things. We wanted to get that AMC theater at Galleria. That church is already in there. So we are in, a, in limbo right now on that one. And we want to get going and reach people. So I need you to pray about that. Please be praying, because it's very frustrating. I know for Dylan, it's frustrating, because he wants to get going on this thing. Now, I also need some of you, or all of you, or, to be praying about this, that when, when we launch, we need to send about 30 more people out there, because they need more servants, because when people come in, you need servants. And I need you to commit to one year out there. You're home, and you're not doing anything, you're not serving, it's a great place. Did you get started? Once we, we get near the launch and we find the place, and, and here's the problem with us. So pray about that. Because if you're in business or, or in church, you know that the year has certain rhythms to it. How many know that? To reach. And the, for a church, it's January, February, March, is a good rhythm to do outreach, to reach out to people, to plant, or else you have to wait till September when people come back from vacation. Those are natural rhythms where people are looking to do new things, you're looking for a new church. And if I, we miss the January, February, March one, then we've got to wait until September. And then we're in limbo again. And so this is a big deal to us, to be able to get there and find that location. So will you be praying about those couple things? Because it's a, it's a tough one right now. A, and they're going for it out there. Now, let me tell you my dream. And I can't, I know we, I don't know if we can do it. Now. I don't know, it'd be a miracle to do it next year. But I'm going to tell you, at some point in my life as senior pastor, it's going to happen. I love young people. I want your students. I want your children. I want your grandchildren to love this place and to be ministered to here. I was a student ministries pastor back in the late 80s. And so I, my heart's always been for young people. Why do you think there's so many young people on stage? I want to see young people. When you see young people love God, doesn't that get you excited? I want to reach young people. And my heart's desire you know, before I have to step sideways and be the old coach on the bench and not even know who I am anymore and stuff like that, I want to put up one of those big metal buildings out here on the backside. Nice, you have to put frontage on it and make it look nice for a student center that seats 200, 250. I'd like to put a skate park out there. I want to do all that stuff out there that's specifically to reach teenage students. That's what I want to see done in my lifetime. Now, that's going to take about $500,000. You know, and, and you say, that's a lot of money. No, not if everybody comes together. Don't worry, I'm not taking an offering right now, so I don't have to run out, okay? But this is just a dream, and I've always had this dream of that. I want to see young people come to Christ. I want to see them saved. They're, they're, they're the future. They're the future, and we've got to get them. We've got to get, see, us older people, and I tell this to all older people like me, we're just, we are simply and boldly missionaries to a younger generation now. What are we going to do about that? Where are we going to put our money at to make sure that young people are saved? What are we going to do about that? I put my money right there. I put it towards young people every time because they need God. Now, Caleb says, by all means, we should take the land. And this is just, I'll tell you, last things from my heart. Um, when everything shut down and we finally came back in here November 1st of last year, I had a struggle with bitterness in my heart. I really did. I was not happy. I felt like they had just destroyed my church. And now, let's sit in my chair for a second and let's go back in time. 
I started this out of my home with 22 people. There was nothing that you see. I spent at that time 28 years building it. And then they come and slash it in a moment. Right now, we are only averaging 55% in-house here in our sanctuary of what we averaged before the pandemic. So many people never came back. And some people have underlying issues they're, they're nervous about. I get that. I've had a few people tell me, I just got lazy. I'd rather just sit down and watch it in my pajamas. That's not Christianity. It's not Christianity. Christianity is fellowship. It's reaching. It's bringing. It's all that. But I was, I was bitter. And then I had to, I had to battle my emotions. Because you don't want a bitter pastor. And I finally came to the place. I said, okay. Okay, God where I started to look around, I started to see all the different movements and changes and outreach and this stuff we're doing with only 55% of our normal attendance. And yet, all the, and look, many of them, are, they're, they're with us. They're just watching online. Thank you for your tithe out there. But I realized, as you look at everything we're doing now compared to what we were doing before the pandemic, we've been repositioned for some great stuff. God has repositioned us to really touch people in greater ways because we've watched it this year. And that started to change my attitude. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, once again you take a crisis and you do something good with it. And Bonehead Jim couldn't see that for a while. But Bonehead Jim can now see that. Can now see that. Now, I'm still not happy about the attendance level Couldn't you work your whole life. But I'm, I'm over the whole bitterness part of it. But God spent this time repositioning us ministry-wise in so many, so many great ways. Let me give you two last thoughts. Charlie Bicard talked on um, the church of Laodicea three weeks ago. Jesus tells that church, you're lukewarm, I'd rather have you hot or cold. Um, it always bothered me why. Why would you rather have them cold or hot? Why cold? And, and, and the thing is like, okay. And I was reading something one time. I was like, that makes sense. Why Jesus would tell those church people, instead of being lukewarm, I'd rather have you hot or cold or else I'm going to spit you out of my mouth because you're lukewarm. He says, because if you're cold, you know you're cold, right? Don't you? I was on that cruise last night. I was cold. I knew I was cold. See, when you're cold, you know you're cold. And you know you need to get hot. When you're hot, you know you're hot. But when you're lukewarm, you can deceive yourself into thinking you're hot. And you're not. You're lukewarm. If we're going to do these things and have greater reach next year, we have to check ourselves. Because God needs hot people. God needs fired up people. We're going to do something about it. Now, I'm going to finish goofy, okay? Because I'm a goofy guy. And it's only going to get worse as I get older. Because I don't care. I'm a Marvel fan. How many Marvel fans? How many are glad this week Spider-Man's coming out? 
Don't worry, I won't ruin it for you next Sunday, but I will see it this Thursday. Um, I always see them first night out. Unless church takes me to do something. <laughs> but remember in the movie Endgame? How many saw Endgame? Was it awesome? Remember that at the very end? Not the very end, but near the end. When Captain America has been so beat up by Thanos. Helmets and masks, he's all bloody and he's just tired. And it looks like it's over. It looks like it's done. We're defeated. And then all of a sudden, remember the circles? Doctor Strange and all his guys? Brings them all back. And here they come through these circles. And here comes all, all the Marvel Universe. They're all there. They're all lining up. And Captain America, battered and bruised, he looks at everything. Because he thought it was over. He thought it was done. And then he sees them all come back. And I'm sitting there going, I've waited 15 years for this moment. From the moment that first Iron Man movie came out, it's brought us all the way to this spot. I'm like, yes! We're going to kick Thanos' you-know-what. And do you remember Captain America? He looks around and he sees Black Panther and he goes, and they, you know, they do the Mexican thing. And then Captain America, he, he's, he's ready now. And he says these words. He says, Avengers. And then he calms his voice down. He says, assemble. And I'm like, it's on now, man. And they go to war. And they go to battle. And they defeat Thanos and his armies. They beat him down. And the Avengers win. Good wins over evil. Listen to me. Listen to me. There is evil. There is a devil. There is a Thanos in the spirit realm. And just like Thanos in the movie wants to click everybody away, he wants to send people to hell. You know what our job is? Quit thinking church is a building. No, church is a movement. And we're called to do something and reach people. We're called to get hot. Otherwise, the devil is just going to keep pushing us back and pushing us back. Quit keeping Christianity yourself. Speak up. Don't be afraid. People are hungry more than you think. They have questions more than you think. You can answer many of those questions. But we're called to assemble. We're called to do it. If we're going to do the things we need to do, we've got to come together. We've got to assemble. And we'll drive Thanos, that devil, all the way back to the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's pray. I'm done. Stand up, would you please? I'm going to just pray for you, give you a few quick thoughts, announcements, and send you out. God, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for your goodness to us, because you are a good God. Thank you for blessing us and sustaining us and providing for us in our personal lives and our church life. Thank you for all the faithful people out there watching right now. Thank you out there. But we have a big work ahead of us. We've got to reach more people. We've got to bless and help those who need help. So let's do it. Let's assemble and do it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 
If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media, on Facebook and Instagram at NBCC Norco, or email us at hello at NBCC.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast.